Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I got everything all over here. We got baseball cards to open. I'm yeah. sorry, football cards. I was such a baseball card guy that everything's a baseball card to me. Yeah. That's a football card. Yeah. Quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence potentially in here. That's uh, We're going to live open uh, break box, whatever, Donruss, something or other. Mm -hmm. uh, we continue to learn. Remember this ticket? Oh, yeah. On the video yeah, feeds, yeah, Facebook, yeah, YouTube, yeah. Twitter, and Twitch. Yeah. We're talking about our one-year anniversary show ticket. Yeah. Well, COVID has stymied any big-time celebrations with the rest of the world. You better believe it. But uh, tomorrow we will hit year number three. I like it. Here on the show, officially. Got a couple surprises lined up. Oh, I'm asking you. Oh, I thought you did. No, that was more of just a lead into it. Oh, Do we okay. have a couple of surprises lined up or not? <laughs> we might have a couple of surprises lined up. We have nothing? Up. Right. I don't want to oversell, okay? Yeah. There's a big thing here in life. This is a good thing to remember, kids. Under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah, man. Right? Yeah. Kind of feel like we've been doing that for three years. Uh, ESPN 690 just trying to make it. Yeah, well, we're no, making it. That. We're over-delivering. I hear that. I feel like a lot of people oversell, though, and under-deliver, and they still are pretty successful. In they, they are. It's, yeah. it's actually a, it is a part of our industry at times as well. It's called teasing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where you oversell. Yeah. And you under-deliver. For sure. Uh, which once in a while bugs me about our business. But yeah. um, I do think you have to be careful to do that too many times now. If you really want to pump something up and it doesn't live up to the expectation. For sure. Isn't that what we love about sports, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the NFL playoffs, they are going to be hyped. Of course. Not every game will live up to expectation. It will under-deliver. No, but, but there will be one or two or three it. that will over-deliver. Yeah. And that's why we're here. But we're going to watch it all, man, because we're addicted. We're a couple junkies. We are a couple junkies. Yeah. Because of our three-year anniversary show, I want to have plenty of time to get the festivities in for that tomorrow. Uh, we will talk a little more about the NFL playoffs yeah. today. Okay. As they approach, as we have six games coming up this weekend, many of which you can hear right here on ESPN 690, including a triple header on Sunday. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Thursday. Happy Bill O'Brien Day here in town. Yeah, man. Oh, Bill's interview went not so good. Mm. I, I bet he crushed it. <laughs> I, I bet Bill O'Brien killed it. You think so? I don't think it went. I, I think it went okay. If I was going to make a prediction, I would say the interview was just okay. I think it, on the, on the uh, priority high priority list of getting a call back, do yeah. you think Bill O'Brien will be on that list if they do second interviews next week? I think Bill O'Brien is on the short list, yes. You do? Yep. Short list? I mean, it depends how short the list is, but mm -hmm. I think it's eight. eight. Oh, yeah, but Bill O'Brien's up in the short list. Well, I mean, the, the full list eight? is eight, sorry. Yeah. I, short list got to be three. What about four? I, I'm a short list guy at three. Okay. I'm a guy in three. Like, in our, again, in our world, we kind of operate in threes. Four seems weird. Yeah. I think if Trent Baalke's still the GM, then yes, Bill O'Brien's going to be on the short list. Yeah, I don't buy that. Okay. I don't buy that. Give me, go ahead and give me your short list real quick. Short, le short list is uh, Jim Caldwell, Doug Peterson, Byron Leftwich with, uh, on that short list, you better have an emergency since there are so many openings and someone could have already been scooped up by the time you give them a call mm -hmm. on Sunday or Monday to come back for another interview. Okay. Okay. I got you. What I, have, I told somebody this today. Jim Caldwell is intriguing to me because there's been a, 
not a lot of noise about him. Mm-hmm. Like, Peterson's now all over the place. Yeah. And popping around, and you get the idea, like, he is going to coach in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, I don't know. I mean, he's like, now the odds are plus 450 here in Jacksonville. I think Chicago's a possible landing spot. Denver's a possible landing spot. Makes some sense. I would think for Peterson, Minnesota would be a, a pretty good landing spot, potentially. So, I think uh, he's in play at a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And... But Caldwell has had very little noise around him. Am I missing it? No, I'm not looking to the right places. Um, no, I don't think Caldwell's really been that. Yeah, he hasn't been around that much. Somebody told me today or said, hey, they think that he could end up in Miami. I know he was on a staff, the staff in Miami most recently. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be the case. But even if it, Miami's high on him. Mm-hmm. My point being is, like, I don't feel like Chicago and Denver and every, Minnesota, everybody's sitting there being like, hey, Jim, 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 Jim. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. I think Jim Caldwell is a very good thing for this organization in the current state it's in right now. I think he'd be very good. Yes. But it's pretty obvious that he's not a coveted by every coach opening sure. in the NFL. And I think part of that is because of age. I think a lot of folks want to get people in there who they think can be – the head coach of your football team for the next 15 years. Yeah. And that's a little unlikely. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, offend people who are 66 years old. Yeah. But planning on Jim Caldwell for 15 years as your head coach is unlikely. It's not well, realistic. I, I don't think anybody brings on a coach that's going to be around for 15 years. Like, when, when you hire a coach, I don't think you envision him to be there for 15 years. Well, I think I think uh, I don't know if that's the reality of your like, situation. Okay, for instance, like when the when the Cowboys brought in Mike McCarthy, do you think they said, "All right, Mike McCarthy's going to be here for 15 years"? I might be a little high, but yeah. I think a decade. Yeah, I think depending on the success, obviously. But like, I think that's a good question. Seriously, okay. no, no, no. Go yeah. ahead. Like, no, you think no, no, if, no, you're, if you're sitting in the room and you're like, "Okay, I'm hiring the next coach to be the next coach for how long?" Yeah, I don't think 15 years is mentioned. Maybe. Maybe it is. Well, I, again, we could be slightly off. I, yeah. I think here's the deal. You want, first of all, you'd like your coach to see through most of the contract, which Correct. is most likely going to be a four- to five-year deal. Some of them are now stretching to six. Matt Rule, remember, was eight. Yeah. You know, uh, but I would still say between four and six years, more likely the four- or five-year deal for most coaches. I think Joe Judge signed a five-year, $25 million deal. Mm-hmm. He lasted two. Sure. And so I think if... I'm ownership and I'm hiring a coach. I'm working around a five year timetable of listen, we want to give this guy enough time mm-hmm. to succeed and try to win big in a five year window. Or by f- year four, we think it's going in such a direction that we want to give him another four years. Mm-hmm. Well, the ideal place to be is, hey, by year three, you start winning. By year four, you win a Super Bowl. By year five, you're knocking on the door of another Super Bowl. Now you sign them to another five-year deal. You have a bad year or two. Now in year eight, you go back to the playoffs, make a deep run. Year nine, you win another Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, now you could be there for 12, 13, 14 years. I think that's how there are different levels of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, the case in the NFL, it happens all the time and a lot, especially around here. Four years or less, boom, see you later, you're done. Yeah. You didn't show us enough. No, I mean, it's a performance-based business, man. Absolutely. So I, I think I think 15 years, to your point, is probably a little high, but Pete Carroll has now been at Seattle for how long? Since, I think, 2010? So that's a dozen years. Sure. Belichick's obviously the standard. Yep. Um, give me another long-tenure guy. Um, Tomlin's been around for a while. Oh, Tomlin, great call. Um, 
Is that it? It's about it. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, kind of crazy. I mean, I got... I, we're missing somebody along the way, but I think you're, the point is we're having a hard time thinking yeah, of it. for sure. So, so I think you say to yourself, if I'm, if I'm picking a new coach, I'd be like, all right, perfect world scenario, I'll get this guy for the next 12 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And we've won a couple Super Bowls in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the dream. Sure. Right? That's what I envision when I hire a coach and give him five, six million dollars a year. Yeah. But the reality is, can we get this guy for the next eight to 12 years? Yeah. Which means we've made a nice run. Mm-hmm. And can we at least think about giving him a new contract after year three or four because we've had success? That's the bottom of the barrel. And then the work, well, the bottom of the barrel, the worst case scenario is shoot, man, I know this doesn't work after year three and I'm looking for another coach again. So Sean Payton's another guy. Oh, Payton, yeah, good call. Um, John Harbaugh's another guy. Well, you have guys like Andy Reid, but, you know, he's on a, a different team. Mike Zimmer's, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so well, Zimmer, like six years, seven? Zimmer started back in 2014 with uh, okay. the Vikings. The most recent guy for me was this Rivera when he was with Carolina for a decent amount of time, wasn't Ron he? Rivera, yep. Uh, even Dan Quinn, I think, lasted a little bit. It, it, or was that just like a four or five year stint? I think that was a pretty short stint. Was it pretty stint? Short. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a fascinating part of this. And so... Cully just got fired? Really? Yeah. My gosh, what's it, what are you supposed to do there? They, they weren't going to... Come on, man. I mean, I mean, like, it was just... To me, he was an interim the whole time. I, I get it. Yeah. We, know, we all thought it. But I tell you what, I think he earned another opportunity. Sure. Now, we don't know what's going on behind the closed doors, right? There no, were a we couple of players that they, they suspended um, somebody for a game. They sat him down because of violation of team rules. Very college-esque yeah. kind of way about it. Cunningham left. Yeah. You know, they cut him. Yeah. So, they're... I mean, who knows exactly? I just think from the outside looking in, I think there's two reasons I would keep Cully. Okay. One, he exceeded expectations by far. They did yeah. a really nice job with Davis Mills. Yep. Okay, that's actually two, and I'm going to give you a third. Okay. The third is, and I believe strongly about this, mm-hmm. how appealing is that job is if the first move I have to make in that job is saying goodbye and packing up Deshaun Watson's house in Houston. But do you also come to the fact of if you trade Deshaun Watson, that's a lot of draft capital coming at you if you're a head coach? Could be. Yeah. But I still don't know. Yeah. There's so, so much unknown. Like, so how way, appealing is that? The way I look at it is if I'm a head coach going to Houston, there's a possibility that I get a couple first-round draft picks in the future, or I don't have to worry about Deshaun Watson. You know I mean? Now, there might be, like, drama and things like that, but and you might have to trade him away, whatever the case may be. But, like, I, I don't know if Deshaun Watson's really that big of a headache um, is going to be that big of a deterrent going forward for the Houston Texans. Now, I think other things like, you know, in terms of is it still a mess in that locker room, we're not really sure. Um, do you have a lot of talent on that roster? I'm not really sure. So, like, that could be some turnoffs to, you know, potential coaching candidates. But I just think that if there's better guys suited out there, and I don't think there was, you know, ever really a big majority of fans of Cully, I think if they feel like they can upgrade, they're going to try to do it. I mean, I get it. I mean, you exceed expectations for sure. But you still only won four games. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, but we thought they might not win one. No, for sure. And he was put in an impossible situation. And you want to know why? I've heard, okay, that Houston still is messy. Mm. We just haven't heard it in the headlines as much. Okay. And so not as, there's not a ton cleaned up still. 
Brian Smith out of, I think, the Houston Chronicle says, David Culley was the last one to know he wasn't the head coach of the Texans anymore. What a royal screw-up by McNair, Casario, and company. Yeah. How's he the last one to know? Ouch. So did he find out on Twitter? I saw, I'm assuming a reporter called him. They're yeah. like, hey, I heard you got fired. Yeah. Not a good look. I, I mean, <laughs> it's a bad organization right now. Absolutely. In Houston. Yeah. And that's why I just, again, I don't know a lot about Cully. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was like in there. Maybe there was reason to say, hey, we can't move on. But I would just think that if I'm David Cull- I thought he o- exceeded expectations. I think the Deshaun Watson thing is just not settled. Mm-hmm. To the point where I don't feel it's it's attractive. Like I don't know I can get draft picks for Watson. Maybe inside circles they do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they know where this is going. But have we learned anything new about Deshaun Watson's situation compared to what we were talking about back in I don't know March, May, August? We have not. So to me, that when you got seven other jobs open. I mean, I feel like they're going to potentially end up with somebody else like David Culley, who really wasn't going to get a job anywhere else, but he said, hey, you know, I'll try this one. What the hell? No, for sure. Uh, Maybe Bill O'Brien will come back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they want Bill O'Brien there, man. I think that's the last thing. (laughs) I think he's got his eyes looking at Jacksonville. (laughs) Um, Wow, I I am surprised at that move. Are Are you guys... What's the most surprising coaching hi- firing yet? Oh, Flores. Miami. That's true. Yeah. Give me a second one. That takes the kick. Cully. Cully more than Judge? Yes. Based on, like, reports. And, I mean, keep in mind, like, as of Sunday, yeah. you know, Joe Judge was coming back. And um, I, I've said this, and listen, I, you know me. I'm not a huge fan of Zimmer. I just think you got to be really careful. Zimmer's record is pretty good. The grass ain't always greener. Yeah. Like Vic Fangio. Did he do a pretty good job with what they had? But it comes down to the question if you're a good coach or if you have a good team. Like, if you're a good coach, do you get the maximum out of your players? I'm not sure if Zimmer did. I'm not sure if Fangio did. You know? You don't think Fangio did without a quarterback winning the amount of games they won? I don't know, man. No? Obviously, they didn't think that way. Yeah. Flores does take the cake there. Yeah. I I think Flores, uh, if we're going to go second, I mean, I'm not surprised by Zimmer... I mean, maybe a little Fangio because, like, I, I do think they kind of exceeded expectations, but, like, that one didn't really – I mean, I don't know. None of it really su- – the only that surprises me is Flores, honestly. Mine's Cully because it's Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Like, this like, has all been – like, the Joe Judge thing was weird, but, like, yeah. you would have thought it, it would have happened already. So, if I'm him, at least, I'm thinking, like, mm. here we go. Like, let's figure out the draft now. But you that know? makes you wonder if they already got a plan in place. You know, I mean, if, well, you, yeah. if, if you wait this long to fire Cully, I wonder if, and I don't know what it would be, but I wonder if there's like a plan in place where they got their guy already and it's just kind of a formality at this point. I'm I don't gonna, know. I'm going to look this that's up. Gotta, that's what I would think, though. I would think so. Yeah. But that's, that's, I mean, that stinks for him. I mean, because I'm sure they didn't say, hey, we're going to, you know, we have an idea hey, for the next coach we want. But if yeah. he says no, you know. No, it's a, it's a horrible um, thing, man. I mean, it's. Uh, I feel bad for him because I'm sure you're getting ready for the next season. You're looking at you know, film of, of scouts, scouting reports, and all that stuff, and now you're gone. Yeah, it's it sucks. It is interesting. Like in our world, if you're not fired by like Monday at five o'clock, you think the guys are safe, yeah. right? On Black Monday, if you're not fired by then, you think you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and I think there have been some examples of this. It's just not uh, Tuesday. It took to Joe Judge, and now here we are on a Thursday for a guy like Cully. I tell you what, after watching Hard Knocks and seeing how ticked off Jim Irsay is, oh, yeah, I wonder man. if Wright could be next. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I mean, Houston, like, down the stretch, they at least played hard. They knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs now. I'm telling you, you, man. Back at it. Beat the Chargers. I, thought they, I think they way overachieved. Oh, absolutely. Who else did they beat? Uh, the, the Jags twice, and then who? Uh, Tennessee. They beat the number one seed. Yep. I'm just, I had to kept the dude. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you, man. I just think that if he was really that great of a coach, then the locker room would have spoke up for him. Well, that's fair. You know, I mean, I, I think the locker room... Not that the Houston owner is kind of a fan of the locker room all the time. Yeah, but I think, I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to be a half-respectable owner, you better talk to some of those players and get a vibe of what's going on in that locker room, I think. You know, maybe he spoke to some of those players as well, and maybe they weren't the biggest fans. I, I just think, like, I'm not saying he deserved to get fired, but I think, like, there's more to the story than what we're just being told right now. Yeah. You know? Well, well, here's the thing. See, this is where, again, I think this is a bit illogical on their part. I don't, unless they have a plan, which they probably do, but let's see how it plays out. I don't think they're going to get the best of candidates or even even if they have a plan, I don't think they're going to be the best candidates because I think people are still unsure how messy it is inside that those walls. And I think the Deshaun Watson situation is still in a limbo. We don't know exactly where it is. So I don't think from a logic standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to move on at the moment. Again, you might say they have a plan. They probably do. But Casario is in year one. He's a Patriots guy. And to me, this is like, hey, I'm going to get my own guy in here. Mm -hmm. But... There's one thing to say, I'm going to get my own guy in here. And then there's another thing to say, I'm going to get the best guy in here. And so I think that's what he has to be careful of right now. And if they don't get the best guy in here, that means in two years they're hiring another coach anyway. Yeah. You know? So, again, it'll be very interesting to watch. And it doesn't but, always go the way we think. I mean, Nick Suriani, I don't think anybody, I don't know who was talking about Suriani being the guy in Philadelphia at all. And all of a sudden he's in the playoffs. Yeah. And you could argue he's the coach of the year. And he's the only rookie coach. That made the lead, made the playoffs. Yeah. So I, it doesn't always work the way we kind of view it in, in terms of the Vegas odds either. I get it. But, like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the possibility of Cully being your coach or Brian Flores being your coach? Uh, that's a good call. So that's what you're reading the tea leaves? Keep Watson? No, I'm not. Have Flores? No, I'm not necessarily. I'm just saying that I think there's better options out there than David Cully. Uh, I think, you know, they're a team right now that's – Still kind of transitioning. Still don't really know who they are. And I think Collie was just brought in to be kind of the interim coach until further notice. And I think if there's better options out there, they're going to try to pursue those options. Did I just say something? Did I just hit on something, though? What's that, Flores? Brian Flores goes to Houston. Does that keep Deshaun Watson? Poor Davis Mills. That card we pulled is nothing now, Brent. What, you think if Brian Flores goes to Houston, they're going to keep Deshaun Watson? Could it? Watson was, at least the word was, yeah. that Watson to Miami was basically, it, Flores was behind a lot of it. Sure. Wasn't a huge fan of Tua. Sure. And so now you, you get the hire of Flores, who's a good coach. Yeah. He comes over there. He's in the Patriots organization with Casario, by the way. Yeah. And now that's your best shot of keeping Deshaun Watson in Houston. Could be a possibility. Maybe I just pulled Flores and him out in there for no reason. Who knows? <laughs> that was good Flores pulled by you. That yeah. triggered my mind in maybe, a hurry. Maybe, maybe it's a bang. Who knows? And maybe Casario and Houston are geniuses in the move thanks to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. It's a possibility, man. Um... Well, don't just say it's possibility. If you think it's possibility, <laughs> then expand on that. No, I think... Is that why you threw Flores' name out there, or do you just say, hey, if you could get Flores? Because people might be a little... No, okay. I, I, I threw Flores' name out there because of Deshaun Watson, yes. 
right. Yes. Um, now, what I would be a little cautious of if I was Houston yes. in this situation mm-hmm. is it's the same reason why I'm, I'm not curious right now if Flores is a coach. I think he can, he can win football games, and he's mm-hmm. proven that he can win football games. But what happened in that building to lose your job after being on the cusp of the playoffs two straight seasons yeah. and having winning seasons like two of them and the Dolphins had had like one winning seasons in the previous 15 years or something like that sure. so how bad was it in the building to a building that's already been bad mm-hmm. you know uh, but again there's relationships here with the Patriots connections yeah. and all of this down in Houston and it could save a franchise quarterback in theory where Watson wants out Correct. and he reverses and said okay I'm cool yeah be pretty wild yeah That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, because then their defense would be good all of a sudden with Flores. Well, it's not like their defense was bad, though, either. You know? I mean, their defense was pretty solid this year with um, Lovey Smith. That's true. But, I mean, they, you know, it's interesting. Let me give, I'll, give, I'll give Houston this. Mm-hmm. If, if they get Flores and it keeps Watson, that is like the save of the century. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. They are, but I mean, they are a mess. Yeah, they are a mess for sure. But like, do you also think Deshaun Watson is going to want to stay just because Flores shows up? Like, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I think part of it is like, you know, they, they they dug that grave so far for Watson that he wants out regardless of who the head coach is going to well, be. Well, let me let me ask you this though. I I, I would. I know we're going to go, but real quick, did he really? Did they? dig the grave all they said is we're not trading you man we're not seeing enough value no like, but it was because of the whole preacher dude that came in like it was a lot more than just he didn't, oh, there was a lot yeah, going on that's what i'm saying but they've tried to gut some of that out and but, put casario in anyway as he smoothed things over behind the scenes okay and they didn't they i don't think they threw watson under the bus in any of this they've actually just stayed quiet and tried to wait for the right deal the deal hasn't happened mostly because of the legal issues no for sure and you could say right now they're actually they could still stand by him like i haven't seen anything publicly where they've thrown him under the bus but do you think no but i think watts just wants out like i think watson's fed up with the houston texans yeah. just of the culture overall i agree um, I, you remember like the whole thing at practice where you know Cully did that stuff but my question is like if jalen ramsey was still on this team uh, let's go back to the whole back injury thing yeah let's say they fired same agent Let's say they fired Tom Coughlin and Jalen Ramsey still on the team. Do you think Jalen Ramsey would have been like, okay, well, Tom Coughlin's gone. I'm, I'm good to go. I want to be a Jaguar. Or do you think Jalen Ramsey still wanted to be, be traded after the fact? It's a good question. I've thought about this in the past, too, like a lot, actually. Okay. That I, I, and I've said this during that time frame is, what was the whole point of all that? Because you ended up losing Jalen Ramsey, who was arguably your best player, and you lost Tom Coughlin who might have been part of the reason why Ramsey. And by the way, I don't think we can blame just Coughlin on that scenario. I think the front office, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But he's part of it. And so at the end of the day, within like five months, you lost both of them. Yeah. So you didn't pick. It's kind of like the Philly situation, right? You lost Carson Wentz and Peterson. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And, and and so, and they lost Foles <laughs> for different reasons. But um, I don't know how to answer your question. I don't know. I don't know enough about the situation. I, I, I would say Ramsey, if he had stuck it out through the end of the year, and now Coughlin and, say, Caldwell are gone, and they start over, yeah. I don't think he would have been as demanding of a trade. Okay. But now he's very See, prideful, so he might well, have said, and that's, and that's what you're getting at. He's yeah. so prideful and principle-based. Is he going to be like, well, listen, I already said I'm not playing there ever again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back on my word. I don't know. This one feels a little bit different if he brings in his guy. 
Like, he basically got the power to bring in his guy. Like, he fired Cully, brought in Flores, essentially, is the perception of it. Mm -hmm. And what else is he doing behind the scenes to go, okay, I need this receiver. Go get this guy in the draft. Like, I mean, now it feels like Watson's running the team. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was going to say. If you make him Tom Brady and he handpicks the coach, if they would have let Jalen Ramsey handpick the coach of the Jags, you think he would have stayed? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Especially if it's a guy that he had endorsed or something like, you know, that, that you could tell he wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's fascinating. What a yeah, fascinating turn of events. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Had not thought about that. I really didn't think Cully was getting fired since we made it to Thursday. I know, man. But a lot of this has transpired and now said set in motion. So, uh, all right, we give you the, the coaching carousel and how it's all turning. And uh, did you watch Hard Knocks last night, by the way? What were your expectations? What, uh, how did it deliver? And uh, we will come back and talk about all of that. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. River City Rumble Saturday night, UNF Arena, 5 o'clock. For the men's game against Jacksonville University. How about we give away a couple of tickets? I'll be there. Hope to see you there. Good local college basketball game. Saturday night, 5 o'clock. Let's go caller number two. Just a two-point basket, even at the Birds <laughs> of Trey place. Uh, 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. couple of tickets to UNF basketball against JU. 5 o'clock on Saturday at UNF Arena. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Honestly, I would have to say yes. Yes, it is. Um, I kept thinking during the season that uh, we had hit rock bottom and then each week it got a little worse. So, uh, honestly, I'm not proud of saying this, but if I'm going to be 100% honest, I would have to say the answer is yes. Hmm. That's Chris Ballard. Oh, okay. No. No? No. So here's, here's the kicker. Didn't save his name, but I know his job. And he's the owner of the New York football giants. Oh, that was John Mara. That is his name. Yes. Nice. I see, I don't really know what the protocol is. Gosh, it sounded like Ballard. Like, that was Mara's voice? Yeah. Dang. I don't really know what the protocol is after the Jags are done, like, sound-wise. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dealer's choice. You know, I'm kind of new here yeah. still. No, you're so. all good, man. Dealer's choice. So that's... It's going to be fun for a while. Whatever you're feeling. Get you some know? hockey oh, yeah, in there, Whatever you're feeling. Hockey for sure. Uh, by the way, we have a ton of sound from uh, Monday if uh, oh, if you run right. out. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. You said that yesterday, too. Um, yep. The... Uh, Wow, the NFL coaching carousel is, is hot right now, and there's a lot of horses on the carousel to pick from. Yeah. We've got eight of them now. I did yeah. not expect there to be eight. i to be honest. I thought it, w- I thought it w- would lend to more people thinking there would be jobs open that wouldn't come open. Yeah. And it's just the opposite. I mean, there's eight jobs. I don't even think we imagined eight could be open. One through eight, eight being the best. I'm sorry, one being the best, eight being the worst. Where the Jaguars fall in line right now? Uh, one being the worst or... One being the best, eight best. being the worst. Uh, I was going to say one being the worst would be kind of weird. Um... Uh, I still think Minnesota's the number one job. Okay. Uh, Do the Raiders count? I'm not counting no, the Raiders. No, not, yeah, not yet. I, th- I mean, we'll see how this the the wild card game, whatever you want to call it, the, the playoff game goes. But, man, if they win, it's hard to justify firing that dude. Yeah, I feel like Denver's a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's reason to go there. And now you just got to hope that 
pieces fall into place for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think there's options at that. Mm-hmm. And so I would say Denver number two. Okay. Um, and then I guess it would, it would be seven, right? Because we're not going to count the Raiders. Is there so only seven, seven right now? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I think I would probably say Miami at three. Okay. I mean, talking about a team that was on the cusp of the playoffs two years in a row, and I don't think they're losing much, mm-hmm. and they got plenty of cap space. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if you love Tua. Mm-hmm. So I, you could move them up to two, really. But I would say three. And then I think I'd put the Jags even ahead of Chicago because I'm going to be more of a believer in Trevor than, than Fields. Okay. And you have a lot of cap space, and you have the number one overall pick. And so I think that's the way I go. Houston's last on that list to me. Okay. Uh, now, unless they pair Flores with Watson, then that makes sense for him. I understand that. For sure. But for everybody else, I'm not sure it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so if I got Jags at four, I got Chicago at five. I've got Houston at seven. Who am I missing at six? Oh, Denver. Giants. We got missing Giants. Denver. No, Denver, I had it two. I two. Okay, I got you. Giants. Uh, yeah. Two or three, I think, for Denver. So uh, I would say six for the Giants. Okay. Giants right now, I think, is. Well, who are they? What are they? I'd rather go to Houston than Giants. You might make that case. I'm not sure because I still think the building inside is a mess. Yeah. But um, quarterback perspective, I'd go to Houston, even with Davis Mills. Yeah. I know you wouldn't, but, you know. There's some intellectuals out there that would go Davis Mills over <laughs> Daniel Jones. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I mean, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> um, hard knocks mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. I mean, it, it was stunning. Stunning. Yeah. How much... The Colts just had no juice, man. Yeah. Did you watch it? I saw the highlights. I didn't watch it. Okay. I was, the, the, they had no juice. Yeah. They had no answers. They were stunned. Now, I caution people this. It's an edited show. Okay, so you're not seeing everything. Of course. But I think you would have seen some more fire and everything. They were absolutely stunned Mm -hmm. that the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first 10 minutes of that game played like they did. So stunned that they couldn't recover. They were beat mentally from Mm -hmm. the jump by the fact that the Jags showed up to play a football game. There is no doubt they underestimated the Jags. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a lot of respect for the Jags. And in 10 minutes that game, and by the way, I kind of felt like this watching it. I thought after the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're like, I think Jags are going to win. Yeah. Like, they looked like they were going to win. The only thing that was like, okay, let's see if Taylor breaks loose now. Let's see. And he never did. So, I was stunned to see that, man. I mean, they tried to guard against it during the week. Like, there were conversations, like, that they showed of, like, hey, now they're going to, if you think that they're just going to lay down, they're not going to lay down, you know, all the stuff. But I just can't believe a team that is that talented played with the lack of confidence I saw in Jacksonville on Sunday initially, like right off the jump and never found any confidence in the game. I was stunned yeah. to see that. Yeah, it's what happens when you get hit in the mouth. You know, you saw the same thing the prior week against the Raiders. Like, the, the Raiders came out and, and hit them in the mouth as well, and this is when the Colts were at home. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the Hard Knocks episode um, against, the, against the Raiders look like, but it just seemed like a team that, that was flat and, and really kind of took for granted of what they were playing for. You've played a lot of football games. Obviously, mentality does have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But can you just even fathom a team that has all that on the line? Mm-hmm. Looking like almost like they didn't want to be there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to question that they didn't want to be there. I just think it's the fact of whether it was preparation, whether it was thinking you already had it in the bag. I think there's some of that stuff there. Like I think once they got behind, 
there was the, the panic mode, and it's like, wow, we got to catch up, and then they couldn't get it done. And I think sometimes when you play from behind in a game you're supposed to win, you make things worse by panicking, and you make things worse with trying to um, make a play here or there that's not even your responsibility. I thought Carson Wentz did a lot of that. Um, I think, you know, the whole goal was Jonathan Taylor's going to run right through this Jaguars defense, and when that didn't happen, didn't really have a, a plan B per se. Uh, and that really affected the Colts. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Is like, but they really didn't even give it to. They said stick to the plan, and they only gave it to Taylor eight times in the first half. Yeah, like stick to the plan eight times. I mean, that's very reminiscent of the James Robinson stuff, quite frankly. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I agree for sure. The plan should have been nonstop Jonathan Taylor. But you brought Carson Wentz in there for a reason. Like you, you gave him the money, you gave him the draft, you gave up the draft capital for a reason, and you have capable playmakers at receiver. You know, I mean, I, I thought it was atrocity that Michael Pittman didn't get going to like the fourth quarter. It seemed I, honestly, like because that guy, you know, I think is, is going to be a pretty good receiver going forward. I, I will tell you this about Michael Pittman. Mm -hmm. I went out to sit. I usually go out in the second quarter, sit with the kids and the fam, mm -hmm. and I went out in the third quarter, and we saw Pittman. I. Oh, no, we asked. Like, Ty even asked, like, is Pittman playing? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't think he was hurt. Yeah. And then, like, we saw him a play later, like, deep in the third, to your point. Mm -hmm. Like, they weren't even going to. Like, did the Jags shut their corners down? I mean, their receivers down that much? Did Shaq and Tyson do that good of a job on Hilton and, and, and Pittman? That they didn't even go to him or try to go to him? No, I mean, I mean I, made the nice catch over the middle on the big 33-yard yeah. play. Well, there's a, a couple of times. I mean, ones went to Pittman once, and Pittman, I mean, it was a hard catch, but he probably should have had it. So there's a drop ball there. He missed Pittman by a mile the, the, another time. I think it was in the second or third quarter. I just think, man, that they pressed. And, and I'm, I'm not sure, like, in terms of the mentality of what Carson Wentz brings to a football game, but sometimes he's out there, man, it just seems like the the guy panics. It seems like, you know, he's got the yips or something like that. And I think we saw that with Carson Wentz, which is crazy because you're reminded of the MVP season that he had in Philly. And, okay, maybe, you know, he had great players around him. He had the great, he had the right calls at the right time. But he was still making plays. Like, I don't know if the, the ankles or his feet or whatever are, are bugging him where he doesn't feel as confident being a pocket passer as opposed to being a dual threat guy because he can't run around anymore. He's not that mobile. And he just doesn't feel comfortable passing the rock. But... It, it looked like he was learning how to play the quarterback position on the fly. I'll tell you one other thing that really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. And you can tell me if I'm overreacting or not. But I think the alarming takeaway here is not just about the Colts. It's about the view of the Jacksonville Jaguars from others in the league, and especially in this instance, the Colts. Mm -hmm. The view of the Jacksonville Jaguars is they were an awful football team, mm -hmm. which, by the way, their record kind of indicated. For sure. But that they did not have this in them. Like, they were so bad that they couldn't perform like this. Mm -hmm. And that they couldn't even believe that they would try to play to the level of this. Mm -hmm. And I will remind, this is why this is alarming to me. One, I think that's alarming. You've got to fix it, Shad Khan. Mm -hmm. Like, we have got to get this right in Jacksonville. Two, it's, it's a parody league. It's an any given Sunday league. I don't care who you are. Any given Sunday exists in the NFL. We know that. We see that. Yep. Like, we've watched that. And with this team specifically, I would say we saw it against Buffalo. Like, how could Indianapolis not at least think they had something in them after what they did to Buffalo, even if it was two months ago, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I know they hadn't played well in a long time, but they seriously underestimated. Like, I get sometimes it's hard to get up for other teams. I understand that. I understand there's sometimes you watch the film and you're like, hey, I feel like I'm better than these guys and it's going to be pretty easy. Mm -hmm. 
you can't underestimate to that point, can you? I mean, does that happen? Did that happen? Did you feel when you guys were two and fourteen mm-hmm. that year under Malarkey? Did you feel like teams like just had zero respect for you? No, but I mean, because uh, I still think we're. I mean, granted that the bad record, we were still a pretty physical football team, especially on defense. So I don't think teams necessarily underestimated us. I just think that in terms of preparation, I, like for instance, I think the Colts' plan was to run Jonathan Taylor. Like that was the only plan. When that plan didn't work, they didn't have a failsafe. They didn't have a plan B. And, and Carson Wentz obviously wasn't a plan B. That's what I think happened against the Colts. I think every game is different, but I just feel like you don't ever necessarily underestimate anybody, but you can come out flat. You can take things for granted, and then you can panic. Yeah. I, I think it's more of just panicking when it's like, oh, wow, this team came to play, and now we're losing, and then you, you panic, and you don't know what you're going to do. But, like, you've seen this. This is the Jaguars' M.O. Like, any time Jaguar, uh, the Jaguars team beats somebody in the past couple years, usually there's, like, a coaching change the next day or something just because like, it's, like, unacceptable to lose the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that perception's got to change for sure, but that's the way it is right now in the NFL. Yeah, and I really thought it spoke loudly to me watching Hard Knocks. Like, they just did not respect them. And, Austin, I think they had some buffers in here to, to not feel that way. Mm-hmm. One, the ultimate buffer is they had to win. Yeah. Like, to get to the playoffs. Like, who cares if they were playing some high school team in Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. Like, there should not have been a taking for granted of the situation, considering they had just blown the game against the Raiders with a lead in the fourth quarter. So yeah. I'm stunned that they felt that way and that permeated their sideline. And that would be a red flag if I'm Ursay or, or Ballard or, or Reich about my team. Uh, that that yeah. I just didn't have the mental toughness to say, listen, I know that team's 2-14, and 14, but they are going to bring it like the Patriots would be playing us today. Yeah. And we have got to do all we can to thump them early and put them out of their misery and send them to the golf course. And they never did it. And by the watching that show, and again, it is edited, so it's not everything, but they never looked like they had that attitude to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I, when, when we broke down that Jaguars game against the Colts, and I said... That Colts team that played the Las Vegas Raiders, something looked off. Like, they weren't physical. Jonathan Taylor only had, like, one decent run. And Carson Wentz looked like he was a mess. And more was the same against Jacksonville. So I don't think this was just a one-game thing where it's like, oh, we're playing the Jaguars now. We're going to beat them. Let's take them for I just think this team, for whatever reason, at the worst time, had horrible, inconsistent play. And, and that falls directly on the head coach because that happened on your watch. So I'm not sure what the primary reason was. I think Wentz losing confidence was a big reason. But for whatever reason, in terms of physicality, in terms of being able to run the football, and in terms of, you know, Carson Wentz's playing ability, the past two games for the Annapolis Colts, you don't want to watch that film if, if you're still on that team. Let's just say. No, I mean, that's a tough watch, man. I, I tell you, days later, that's a tough watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the things that Chris Ballard said today are alarming as well. Uh, maybe talk about one of them, especially as it relates to Carson Wentz. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. point underdogs and we're going to the number one team the number one team that's I know they're not the number one team but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years um, arguably the best team in football um, we don't have a chance so let's just go in and play and have fun that is Ben Roethlisberger how big underdogs are they against Kansas City see the line I think he's right I think it's, is it that much I think it's a double digit situation like he said 20 didn't he Yes, he did. I mean, they can't score points, and Kansas City sure as heck can. All right, let me check this out. 
That is true. I mean, I'm, I'm actually sure 20 is probably right on the money. But I think I think Pittsburgh's terrible. 20 is a lot of points, though, for a playoff game. I got 12 and a half here. Yeah, that would be a lot of points. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I'll take the Chiefs all day. Yeah, we, we got 12 and a half, it looks like. Yeah, we're doing picks tomorrow, Brent, though. So, you know. Well, I'm telling you right now, give you a heads up from taking the Chiefs. Okay. But nobody else is doing picks. Definitely not on TV, just so we're clear. <laughs> we're, the only, we're the only people still doing picks, you know. But, you know. Casey wants that dub, man. Casey, uh, you had some dubs recently. It's not like you need this one. What do you mean? This is the most important one now since yeah, I lost fantasy football. Fantasy football would have been the most I'm important. I'm actually on a roll lately like, because you look at it like get, Minshew didn't play enough to get to a fifth-round pick. That's one. that bet. Yep. Uh, Carson Wentz, like, no, who would you I'll, rather have, Philip Rivers or Carson Wentz? I'll concede to that. Yeah. Do you do, do you want to go over the whole list this year? No. Do you do you want to go over all the bets that we made this year and see who's We've winning? We've already done that. Okay. Um, so and go ahead I'm and glow saying, right now. I'm catching up. Because in case you didn't know, the Eagles beat the Jaguars in terms of records this that year. That is one. Okay. I just named two. In case you didn't know, the Arizona Cardinals won more than eight games this year. We're even. Oh, do you want to go keep on going? <laughs> I'm now tied with you in picks. Because I was we, just we saying can, it was a good week. We, we can play the game, man. We can play that game. It was I'm a good week. Sure. Just let me have my good week. Nope. Can't let you do that, man. You got to keep you humble around here. Picks uh, mean something. Carson Wentz, speaking of, I mean, hey, Chris Ballard, pressure's on, buddy. The oh, GM yeah. of the Colts. Yeah. Like, he, he's, careful now because he might be listening to the show. We embarrassed ourselves, embarrassed our owner, embarrassed our city, he said. Chris Ballard on Carson Wentz. At the time, we felt it was the right decision. I'm not going to make a comment on who's going to be here next year and who is not, though. That's what he said. Careful now, Brent. Well, I was like, listen, you can be mad at, at Carson Wentz, and he takes a brunt of it for his performance in the last two games. Mm-hmm. But Ballard made a decision, along with Reich and the organization, to go trade a first-round pick, assume $20 million plus in years on the contract, for a guy you just didn't know. We could. That's why we made the bet. No, it could have sure. gone this way, could have gone that way. Yeah. So you tell it on yourself, man, if you criticize him. Absolutely. Carson Wentz. Yeah, I you agree. think they move forward with Wentz? Are they stuck? Or well, no, they try I, to go make a big move? I, I think for the capital that you gave up for Wentz, you got to give him another year, or else if you if you wash your hands of Carson Wentz, I think you really got some problems in terms of front office management. Casey, how do you feel about that? You think you think they move, or do they stay with Wentz? They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to move from him. No, no, they're gonna oh. have to stay with him. Yeah, you're not so necessarily committed. because of the first round pick, but he's his cap hits like forty million dollars. You'd have to trade an, for another huge contract to offset for the a team that's giving him up. And who else makes that much money that you're willing to trade? Sean Watson, Russell Wilson. But why would Seattle want Russell Wilson? Well, maybe you give a lot to get out but, of that, too. But then you're stuck with you don't have a first-round pick to give up because you gave it up for Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're strapped at that point. Yeah. I think you're committed. I, I think they're in a tough spot. But I also wonder with Ursay and the temperature right now in Indianapolis, and I don't mean outside because that's cold, yeah. but it's hot inside the building. And I wonder if they will feel pressure to go upgrade QB even with all the dollars. You know, I mean, listen, the Jags ate money along the way with – Bortles and with Foles, you know? The best chance you probably have is Pittsburgh. They're going to need a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why Pittsburgh would take him, but I I'm mean, saying, like, we yeah. got Pickett out there and stuff. You know, we got possibilities in the draft. But I now they're a you. playoff team. Yeah. Pickett's going to be gone. 
Those both those quarterbacks uh, are going to be gone. You yeah, think so? That's a yeah. good point. No, they will be. All right, well, Ty. I'm sending shout out to Chris Bauer, man, because he's actually listened to the show before. He even told me. He said we do a good job. And I've actually talked to Chris Bauer. I haven't talked to Trent Balkin this year at all. So I've oh, talked so to him. just trying to preserve the Ballard relationship. For sure. I got and, it. and I've talked more to Chris Ballard this year than I have Trent Balkin in my life. So. Well, we're not saying fire Ballard. No, I'm just saying. People we love you, Chris. Fire yeah. Balky. Let, let him know. Welcome to the program. <laughs> let him know, Casey. Action Sports Jacks. Tie that wagon up, man. Get your front office job. roll on. We're going to give away some Iceman tickets in the next hour. Stay tuned. Four o'clock hour coming up on ESPN 690. Hello, Chris Ballard. There you go.